Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Today, we're going to talk about the ultimate bystanders. You know, I've spoken about my relationships with other kids as when I was a kid. Who, You know, we used to play baseball together and do a lot of things together. And I've also spoken about the fact that we didn't agree on everything. As a matter of fact, because we didn't agree, often we'd have fights. And... Some kids were bigger and tougher and stronger, but we didn't care. We entered into the battle, even though we might lose, simply because, number one, we were kids and we didn't want to save face. We wanted to save face, but we also knew that when the fight was over, if we were playing together, the chances are pretty good we were going to keep playing together. We might even walk home together with kids that maybe we didn't like or didn't agree with. And we always kind of settled it. We didn't get to a point where our tempers were at fever pitch and we really wanted to hurt somebody. That's not what we were after. Maybe something got said or something got done to us that was a little unsavory, and we had to draw the line in the sand, and we did. We all did. Nothing wrong with that. Kids stuff. We were fighting. Happened in high school, middle school, elementary school. We would have our battles, and then we would forget about it. Well, 
there was a fight in New York this past week. Actually, it was around September 18th of this uh, week or so ago. And the story was uh, put on um, NPR, NPR radio, and was also there was also an article about it. And I just want to read a piece of this to you so you can get a flavor of what I'm talking about. And understand how the escalation of this problem is really leading to a lot of angry people who lose control of themselves and they really do want to do harm. They really do want to hurt. And I think this is where where we as a society and a culture have to draw the line in the sand. And it's not so much that um, everyone should know about it, but the self-control and the ability to understand right from wrong and have an idea of consequential thinking should be the thing that's in a person's mind all the time. I've got to really consider when I make a decision to do something whether or not the consequences are going to be worth the gain or is, it the, is the loss going to be too painful. Now, an 18-year-old boy has been arrested and charged in the stabbing death this week, and this was like September 18th in New York, of Kashin Morris, who died surrounded by a crowd of students taking cell phone video of the attack as this kid bled out on the ground. The fight was over a girl. And the, the, the part that alarms me the most is that other kids basically witnessed a murder. And after the kid was stabbed, no one went and got help. And this kid bled out. Tyler Flack, who was the kid who stabbed this other youngster, was charged with second-degree murder and was arraigned in court on Thursday, this is a week or so ago, according to Nassau County Police. He pleaded not guilty to killing Morris, a 16-year-old senior at Oceanside High School, during an after-school fight that broke out over a girl. Morris later died in the hospital. What are people thinking when they watch a murder take place? And, and then what are they actually thinking when they take video of this? Is, am I missing it? Is there something wrong? Like I said, years ago, we'd have a fight and it would be over. We'd walk home with the kids that we had fights with. As Morris lay in the parking lot of a strip mall pizzeria in Oceanside, New York, hemorrhaging blood from a stab wound in the chest. Police estimate 
somewhere between 50 and 70 kids stood by and failed to call for help. Many filmed the violent scene, uploading videos to social media sites. I mean, do we care? I mean, can 50 out of 50 kids, can someone care that you could watch a classmate get murdered in a parking lot? And videotape it. Kids stood here and didn't help Kashin. They'd rather video this event, Detective uh, Lieutenant Stephen Fitzpatrick told reporters at a news conference Tuesday. They videoed his death instead of helping. So anyone who has the video come forward and do the right thing for Kashin. Now, this guy was so perplexed and meaning Fitzpatrick and exacerbated about the situation. He says, I don't know what to make of it. My generation versus this generation. This can't go on. Your friends are dying while you stand there and video it. This is egregious. And you can't not agree with the guy. So where does it all end? Where does it all end? Early stages of the investigation have revealed that Morris knew he might be a target at a pizza shop and likely anticipated a fistfight stemming from a dispute over whom a local girl might be dating. Fitzpatrick and Morris had received threats over social media that Flack was going to... Oh, Fitzpatrick said Morris had received threats over social media that Flack was going to do this to him, and Mars showed up. It's unclear. They don't even know who called the authorities. An anonymous phone call over someone being murdered. Police are reviewing videos in an attempt to identify possible suspects. I don't think anybody here is naive to who is involved in this incident. I think all the players are known to each other, Fitzpatrick said. Several students have come forward to identify some of the people involved. Now, the superintendent, of course, has made a a comment about this. The last thing a superintendent wants is to receive a 1.40 a.m. phone call that a student has passed away from a senseless act of violence And this was Phyllis Harrington offering condolences to the Morris family. Now, this kid Flack is being held without bail. He's 18. He's an adult or supposed to be an adult or think like an adult or act like an adult. When we do so much in this country... We have advertisements on TV all the time, public service announcements on TV all the time. If you see something, say something. Now, this thing is at 1.40 in the morning. I I mean, I'm not sure when when this kid was stabbed. That's when he died. But the idea here is these kids were out there at night involved in a fight, and 70 other people showed up. (laughs) 
What does that tell you? That tells you that 70 people were aware of it and Flack knew that he was going to stab this kid. It's almost a matter of premeditation. Now, the concern that I have right now is the bystanders. How do you live with yourself when you witness something like this? If you see something, say something. If 50 people or 70 people knew about this, you would think that they would report, say something, do something, try to prevent it. You're basically trying to prevent someone from getting killed. And yet people, when bullying is involved, stand around. We do so much in terms of anti-terrorism. We do so much in terms of trying to make sure that a nation is safe. We have to make sure as well, and rightly so, as well, that our children are safe, our school children are safe, and these kids make the right decisions when it comes down to witnessing an event where someone could be hurt, maimed, and in this case, killed. So my question is, why, do, why is it that kids are bystanders? Why do they stand around and watch things? Are they afraid they're going to get bullied? Are they afraid that they're going to get stabbed in this case? Are they afraid this kid's going to attack them? And we have to educate the bystanders, and just like we educate a country. If you see something, say something. If you hear something, say something. You can't allow things to pass. I know myself as a school administrator for many years, if I even thought something was going to happen, I'd get involved to try and stop it, whether it means bringing a cop to the school, whether it means making sure I've got my ear to the ground. And I used to make phone calls to the police department of the district that I worked in on a Sunday night because I wanted to know what happened in the town over the weekend because that stuff just floods back into the school. We're not paying attention enough to what is going on. We are basing our schools too much on numbers, too much on test scores, and we don't have our ear to the ground in terms of what is really happening in that in the school, either that you work in or that you attend, and we need to be more aware. You can't. You cannot hear something and not say something. You can't go to a parking lot at some ridiculous hour uh, at night or in the morning and stand around and watch a fight where someone gets killed. Now, Flack is going to get his, this youngster, Tyler Flack, the 18-year-old. Because these kids, their conscience is going to eat away at them. And they have to come forward. 
they have to come forward with their videos. What are you going to do? You're going to watch this thing on your phone for the next two years? You got to come forward with it. And basically, you're withholding evidence if you don't. But if this is something that occurred, it is something that was brewing. And unless we really get off of the soapbox of improving test scores and making sure our numbers line up with our anti-bullying program and not wanting to keep things on our, not, not wanting to put things on our violence and vandalism report, okay, we have to become aware of our schools. And this takes a lot of work. It takes the work of security. It takes the work of the principal, the vice principals, guidance counselors, teachers. Teachers had to hear something during the day. They had to know that a fight was pending. Somebody had to know because kids don't keep their mouth shut. They want to talk about it. And as they talk about it, we have to be in tune to what's happening. And we have to alert the authorities to this type of stuff. This kid gets 16 years old, his life is over. Because of folks that weren't aware and because of 50 to 70 people who were bystanders. You would think, you would think that of those 50 to 70 people, someone would jump in. Someone would jump in and say, wait, you can't use a knife. It's an unfair fight. And grab the kid and stop him. Because obviously this kid has no consequential thinking. He's lost control of himself. And he doesn't even understand that what he is going to do is going to have lifelong effects on him and on this poor kid that he stabbed. I'm beside myself. I really am. Kids need to know consequential thinking. They need to understand gain and loss. What am I going to gain and what am I going to lose? They become adults who, who grow up and who are never corrected if they don't. And Lord knows we have enough of those in our society. They grow up physically but not emotionally. And we have to start taking a stand on this stuff and keeping our ear to the... Bullying and behavior management are more important than test scores. I'm sorry, that's how I see it. So the schools have to start worrying more about this, educating kids more about this type of thing, bullying, behavior management, consequential thinking, forget the test scores. If you create a safe and a secure learning climate, the test scores will go up automatically. But this story has, has basically put me in a position where I, of, of I don't understand it because I was an administrator for many years. 
and my ear was to the ground and my my mind was always involved with what's going on in terms of behavior in my building. You can't lock yourself in the office and, and you can't be sitting there doing the budget or going over statistics because if you do that, you're going to be like Nero and you'll be fiddling while Rome burns. And in this case, somebody was fiddling while a kid was getting stabbed, and that's 50 to 70 bystanders were standing there, not with their fiddle, but with their cell phones. And somebody didn't have their ear to the ground in the school to know that something like this was going to happen. A fight's a fight. Keep it fair. If you're that afraid that you're going to lose, don't fight. But you can't stab somebody to death in a parking lot. And the bystanders have to know that they just witnessed a murder. My name is Jim Burns. I'm going to take a short break, just maybe 15 seconds, 20 seconds. And then I have a special uh, request and an announcement for you. And it's something that's going to help me out as an individual who is trying to fight the bullying epidemic. Welcome back. I've been fighting the bullying epidemic since I I went into education. I was bullied as a kid. I understand the gravity of it. I understand what it did to me as I moved forward into adulthood. And I'm grateful for the people that were in my life that helped me. Truly, I was. There's no question about it. Bullying has lasting effects. And one of these days, I'm going to do a podcast on what the effects of bullying had on me. And doing these podcasts is absolutely one of the best things that I can do. Because whether you want to believe it or not, I'm almost giving myself therapy talking about some of this stuff. But podcasts are something that have to be produced There has to be a certain amount of research done. There has to be a certain amount of um, uh, awareness about what's important, what's not. Uh, We have about 140 episodes right now in Anti-Bullying 101, and they are all, and we do have our listeners, but they all really talk about some of the things that go on either during, before, after, warning signs, maybe some um, bullying in the news, different things that go on. So all of that requires a little bit of work. And I've often encouraged my listeners to go to my website, which is bullyproofclassroom.com. And you can find a ton of stuff there. Some of it's for free. Some of it is lesson plans. It's uh, other things uh, like courses, free articles. You got a free um, uh, unit plan on resilience there. 
You can take that, you know, for free. The idea is I try to, I try to balance it and give things away as much as I can. But I also, you know, know that in order to continue to do what I do, it requires money. And podcasting, you know, there's sponsorships and different things that you can involve yourself with. And all of it does help. But right above the um, the podcast icon on the left, on the right-hand side of the website, I always have the, this podcast will be there shortly after I do it. You'll see a little button, and it says, become a patron. And what I ask is that you click on that, and that will take you to a spot called Patreon. Patreon is where I accept donations for the work that I do. And with those donations, I provide free material to, to the ones who've made the donation. And, you, and it's a subscription where you can subscribe to giving a dollar a month or a dollar a week or five dollars a week what whatever it is a dollar two dollars three dollars if you feel compelled it could be more than that but i ask you to please make a contribution to help keep this podcast going because it is so important that information get out there about the dangers of bullying and every day i read the the mission statement, if you will, of the podcast. And I'm just going to share it here. This podcast is designed to create awareness. Not a lot of people are aware about how big this problem is and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive, comprehensive overall either town or state or national, a comprehensive, try everything, do everything, get an anti-bullying program, work, keep your ear to the ground, as I mentioned, be aware about um, a, a comprehensive approach when dealing with this problem. This problem is worldwide, worldwide. And I'm doing what I can because of my, my own reasons to try and stop the bullying epidemic. And I ask for your help with a contribution. You only have to go to the website, bullyproofclassroom.com, click on Become a Patron, take you right to the page where you can make a donation. I ask that you do that soon because it helps us keep the podcast moving and it makes it a whole lot easier to, to, to deliver quality material to my audience. Once again, bullyproofclassroom.com. Just click on the, the button that says become a patron and you will be doing your part in helping to stop this bullying epidemic. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101. We'll be back at you again in a day or two with another podcast. 
that deals with bullying or any of the symptoms or problems that have occurred as a result. Because as people move forward in life, what happens is the bullying that they experienced as a child creates trauma and they become adults. And as they become adults, okay, they end up having a hard time functioning in a world okay, that, that can be very cruel. And we want them to, to get the relief that they need. And we want kids to get the relief that they need. Once again, thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101.